0: long time. And uh, I thank God for those of you who prayed for me and uh, the Lord sustained me and kept me. And I praise God that in all of that, he never left me behind. So um, we thank God for it. I brought my wife, my, uh, my best thing that happened to me. She is uh, my proof that um, as it comes to men on the earth, I'm like Job. I'm, I'm one of the richest men that walk us on the earth. I have a wife that is really amazing, and I thank God for her. I don't know what she saw in me, but I saw a good thing when I saw her. And, um, okay, all right, thank you. Um, and my two dear friends, the Mammon brothers, Tom and Tony, who came, drove all the way up from New York to be with me. And we've had wonderful fellowship. And then also, uh, I'm so glad to see my friend and my dear brother, uh, Jason Grant who came also tonight, who was here last week when he called. I was there here last week, so he decided to come back again. So uh, that's real commitment. Uh, I'm going to ask you for this evening's study to look in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 1, verse 1. It's not even a whole verse, I mean a whole sentence. It's just a a verse that um, is part of a sentence, but I think there are things that are very relevant to us. One of the things that I have been noticing in Christianity recently with the crisis we're in and the uh, pandemic we're in is that for some reason or another, God's people have become apathetic about speaking prophetically. Now, I'm not talking about foretelling, but I'm talking about forthtelling. The uh, I believe that the Bible makes it very clear uh, in the book of Ephesians that the time of the prophets was for the announcement of the Lord and during the time of the apostles. And that uh, foundation has been laid already. But every one of us that are Christians that love the Lord Jesus Christ are called to speak prophetically. And that is to foretell. We're supposed to preach to the world. When it feels good and when it doesn't, Paul said, "Be instant in season and out of season. When it sounds good and when it doesn't sound good, when the world likes it or when the world doesn't like it, be telling. And um, I've noticed that in this uh, pandemic age or a time of crisis, where s- saints are dying and and even sinners are dying, and and no one can really be sure if they're safe from the COVID virus, Christians have become mute. And the uh, cultists and the politicians and the naysayers have uh, spoken up. And uh, the world is looking for a a right answer. And the only one that has a right answer is the Holy Spirit. And we're the only ones that have the Holy Spirit. So um, I want to look at this verse and um, draw out some things. I want to look at four Greek words for our study tonight. But let's read the verse and then we'll open with a word of prayer. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Lord, we thank you for this time together and we pray your word will be blessed to our hearts. Lord, I pray in all things that your people will be safe and protected and declare the word of God in truth. In Jesus name, amen. Now notice, Paul, a servant. The word servant is the word in the Greek, um, in this case, the word doulos. It means that someone who uh, had the choice to give up their freedom, to give up their right of choice, to give up all their aspirations and follow their master. Turn with me quickly to Exodus 21. Exodus 21. And we see four things that stand out. Verse five. And if a servant shall say, plainly say, I love my master. I, it's an independent decision. It's what I've decided on my own. I wasn't forced. I wasn't coerced. I wasn't bribed. I did it. I did it. When I became a Christian, I decided to take the Lord Jesus Christ as my savior. I did it. I was not forced into it. i didn't become a Christian because my family was Christian. God has no grandchildren. I did it. I love. It's an impassioned decision. I love him. I love him. I love him. So many times I, uh, when I was working a uh, secular job, People knew I was a Christian and said, why are you a Christian, Dwight? You can do so much far better. You And I said, really? Uh, I don't think I can. Because um, if I don't follow the word of God, I'll look just like you. And that's the worst thing that could happen to me. The Lord has, has done things in my life for me, even if he didn't. He loves me. The Bible says... He is the savior of all men, especially to those that believe. That means it's a two-sided relationship. He already loves every single person, but your destiny, your eternity is based on do you decide to take him as your own? Yes, he's a savior of the whole world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Every person in the world has been This sin has been paid for, but it is not appropriated until you say it is mine. It's mine. He's my savior and I love him. Every single nurse I had was a Christian, both male and female, but every doctor I had wasn't. And by the time I left five weeks later out of the hospital, each one of the doctors in their own way said, Maybe I should follow your God. Maybe I should follow your God. So it is our job to live and speak prophetically. People should see us as a dynamic witness for this Lord. We say we follow. I love him independent, impassioned and knows what else he says. I will not go free. I will not. It's an insolent decision. It's a a demand. I will not go free. I will serve my master. And Paul is saying that. He said, God forbid that I should glory, saving the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. God forbid. Once I got introduced to this wonderful life, God forbid that I do anything else. I don't care about the hardship. I don't care about the, the storms. I don't care about the misunderstandings. I will follow him all of my life. A young man, I, when I was working in the company I worked on before I went into full-time ministry, a young man worked in the mail department. And every day he would deliver our mail to us. And he just exuded joy and love and, and, and the power of God. And I, I got up my nerve one day. I pulled him aside. And I said, excuse me, young man. He said, yeah. I said, what's your name? He said, my name is John. Kennedy Davis, because I was born on the day that President John Kennedy was assassinated. My father named me John Kennedy Davis. I said, well, John Kennedy Davis, um, are you saved? And he lit up like a light bulb and said, and that would power. And we became fast friends, fast friends. We were inseparable. And in his life He had the power of God in him. He would witness to a rock if he had to. That's what we should be, inflamed by the idea that we're owned by someone who runs the universe. I love my master. I will not go free. I've been to the the maritime prison um, in Italy that uh, the Apostle Paul spent the last few days of his life. I wondered, how could he write, rejoice in the Lord always? And again, I say rejoice. It's because he loved his master. And no matter what, he was not going to go free. Paul, just just renounce Christ. No, I love him. You're in a hole and people are are dropping excrement on on you and human waste. How can you say you love him? I love him. I love him. I love him. And I can't wait to see him. That's what a servant is. A servant is someone who does not serve his master for the the wages or the opportunity, but he loves him. So the next day when this servant has worked out his seven years of indentured servanthood, he would have the, the earring welded into his ear. And people would look at him and say, you, you were supposed to free, be free yesterday. Why are you a, a bond slave? You must, have, you must be a great servant. No, but I do have a great master. It's not at all based on me. It's thank God it's because of him. Thank God I have a master that I can love and who loves me. And that is the most important aspect of our Christianity. Saints, I pray to God that your relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ is based on the fact that he has loved you and you have in return loved him. Hello, Sister Faith. And and, and the, 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 the testimony of that life needs to be spoken of prophetically to the world. We have to give an answer back People are asking for a question to be answered. What's going on? We have the answer. We have the answer. We should be able to give it to them with power and with boldness and with feeling and with truth. Back in Romans 1, it says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called. It is the um, root word kletos, where we get the word ekklesia. It means called. It means it means not only to have I heard the invitation of God, but I've accepted it. I've accepted it. I've done more than just uh, heard the Holy spirit speaking and speaking expressively to me, but I've responded. I've done the one thing that no one else could do unless they've heard it themselves. Jesus said, well, he said by virtue of uh, Peter in first Peter chapter two, verse nine, you are a chosen generation. That means two things. God has selected me. Not only am I a servant, but I've been selected. God has picked me. God has ordained that I, in my generation, nor the time in the world, nor other time in man's history could Dwight Knight could have exi- existed. It was in this moment at this time in this country in that dirty place called Detroit, that he would raise a little black boy up to serve him. That means I have been divinely singled out and you have been divinely singled out for one purpose, to show forth the praises. To show forth the praises. Nothing else. I have no greater reason for being alive than to glorify his name. When I was called out, I was chosen and picked by my father to reach my generation. The Bible says in um, Acts chapter 13, verse 36, and David, after he had served his own generation, fell asleep. That's right. He was chosen by God to serve his generation, his contemporaries, his peers, He's supposed to speak to God about what it is to be a man of God. God selected him to reach his generation. There are people that only you can reach. There are people that only I can reach. If I decide to step on your toes and try to reach people God has ordained for you to reach, it won't do any good. But saints, listen. They are not going to hear by osmosis. Open your mouth. Live your life. That's the important thing about being selected. I invite the world to look at me. I've had several debates at several universities. And at uh, one university, University of Michigan, I was debating a Muslim. And they were talking about uh, all the things that Allah does for them, all the things that, the prophet Muhammad said and I was so confused I couldn't understand any of it and uh, I said well there's one point that you need to consider sir what's that I beg the world to look at my life I'm not just talking about one hour one minute I'm talking about every single day and that I live exactly not to the practices of Christianity but the person Christianity that Jesus Christ is my Lord. Are you willing to do that? I'm willing for every single person in this place, in this auditorium, to watch my life. Yes, you'll find out that I'm human, but you'll notice that I live my life to honor him. He is absolutely my Lord. Do you want someone to follow your wife? And I heard his wife from behind him said, I hope not. His wife said, I hope not. See, there's a a difference between rhetoric and the relationship. All talk and no truth would never win the argument. The reason why Jesus would always refute the Sadducees and the the scribes and the the, uh, Pharisees was he said, look at my life, which of you can convince me of sin? Which of you look at my life? The greatest witness for Jesus Christ is not just the words I see, I say, but the life I live. And I've been called in this generation, selected to be his witness in the world, to glorify God. On my last day of work, I was about to go into full time ministry. Young, one young man that worked with me said with tears in his eyes. He said, Dwight, please don't leave. I said, why? And uh, I knew we had certain projects to do and that sort of thing. And he was kind of be left high and dry. I said, you can can just uh, get a contractor to help you. He said, no, it's not that. And then with bitter tears of repentance in his eyes, he said, if you leave me, how will I ever get saved? How will I ever know Jesus Christ? I said, well, man, you can find Christ before I leave. You can accept Christ now as your Lord and Savior. He said, in front of all these people? I said, in front of all these people or someplace privately, as long as you accept him. But at some point, you've got to display the fact that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Your life has to got to be on display. Your life must refute the devil. Satan is trying his best to run the world. You have to prove that God is the king of the universe. And Satan has no say. I've been picked to be his priest. To stand between the world and God and pray for them and intercede for them. God has called me to be a a chosen priesthood. And preach things that they have never heard or they cannot hear. Not only that, I have a purpose in life. I'm just not just an aimless Christian. Somebody that cares, carries a Bible and tries to show off how religious he is. I'm supposed to speak hope to the world, peace to the world, but also warning to the world. Warning. Everybody's upset because the pandemic has happened and uh, certain changes have been made that may never Go back to normal. We might be in the new normal. But I'm speaking a word of warning. A word of, 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 of warning that the world should hear. The pandemic exists now and anyone can get it. But there is a plague coming that everyone will get. And the church needs to preach that prophetically. Jesus said, why is it you can tell if it's going to rain or not? but you can't tell the signs of the times. These are the signs of the times, people. God is warning the world. And the Bible says judgment must first happen at the house of God. Why? Because God needs to shake us up and get us going. In the city of Detroit alone from the pandemic, 49 pastors have died. 49. I'm not talking about the weird pastors. I'm talking about the Christian pastors. They have died. And the church needs to have a word to say about it. The judgment of God must first happen in the house of God. If I'm called to be a priest, I must give an answer for these things. I can't just sit there and twiddle my thumbs and hope things get better. I have to know what the word of the Lord is. When Zedekiah was in prison, the king came down and saw him in a dungeon And he asked him, is there any word from the Lord? And Zedekiah said, from the depths of the prison, there is. There's always a word from the Lord. God is always speaking. The question is, are you always listening? Saints, you've been selected. You've been chosen. You've been called to be a voice of his grace, voice of his power, and a voice of his warning. The Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 3, If I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor seek to turn the wicked man from his wicked way, that same wicked man shall die in his sins, but his blood I'll require at your hand. It is your job to tell the world. One of the biggest opportunities, men, that we have is in the barbershop where everybody gives their lesson in ing- ignorance and the, how much they think they know and I would quietly begin to tell the word of God and people would lean in and they'd get on their cell phone this guy is in the barbershop and he's talking about Jesus Christ that's right I'm supposed to be, speak prophetically give the world a warning Paul a servant of Jesus Christ called to be an apostle the word apostle is the word apostolos and it means sent one. That means he's been divinely directed and given an edict by God to do a specific task. He is sent with a distinct purpose. He's supposed to be an overseer. That means that he's supposed to watch with careful eyes the flock of Jesus Christ. Not only is he supposed to be an overseer, he's supposed to be an orator. He says, thus saith the Lord. He's supposed to preach the word. And he's also supposed to be an official of the kingdom. He represents the kingdom of God for the purpose of saying what thus saith the Lord. I was asked once, a couple came to see me and I thought they were interested in marriage counseling they weren't they wanted to get christian approval to have an abortion and they wanted to have my opinion and i said well um uh the bible says and he said no 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 we don't we don't want to know we know what the bible says but what do you say i said yo you want to hear my opinion yeah i said well the bible says No, 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 Brother Dwight, no, you you got it all wrong. What what do you think? I said, it doesn't matter what I think, because all I'm going to do is quote the word. The Bible says. And then they wanted to leave. And I said, well, I'm not going to get rid of this opportunity. I'm going to walk with them and be preaching at them all the way out the door. And I told them over and over again, it's one thing to be a fornicator, but how dare you also be a murderer? And I tried my best. I used all of my intellect, all of the word I knew to throw it at him. And she was in tears by, we got to, by the time we got to the front door. And he said, let's go, let's go. No, I, I want to hear him. Let's go, let's go. No. I said, listen, there's only one decision to, that you need to make. Is let that baby be alive, born alive. I said, I don't have any rights to say you should get married. I don't know if you should be married. I think you should, but don't you kill that baby. God died so that baby could live. I said, do the right thing. You both grew up in church. You both know the word. You both profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior. You have sinned, no no doubt about that. You have to make that right before God yourselves. I'm not saying that I need to intercede for you and forgive you. You have to ask God to forgive you. But let that child live. I became the godfather of that baby. And strangely enough, I also performed their wedding. Why? Because the word of God shouldn't only convince, it should convict. We have to speak prophetically. It's my job as an official of heaven to say what thus saith the Lord. What thus saith the Lord. No, it's not popular, but I've got to say it anyway. And then Paul goes on to say, lastly, separated to the gospel of God. The word separated in the Greek is aparizo. And uh, I'm not trying to give you a lesson in the library or anything on Greek. But the word aparizo separated is apo, which means apart, and harizo from the horizon. God wants us to look beyond what we can see, beyond what is normal or expected, and see into eternity. Not about the future, but eternity. Eternity. We don't care anything about the past, present, or future, we're concerned about history, time, and eternity. My destiny, your destiny is sealed, not in the future, but in eternity. And we speak about apart from the horizon, what the world is expecting, what the world is looking for. We speak heaven's gate, not man's prospects. Paul said, I'm separated, looking beyond to the eternity of God. Dwight, you don't know what the future holds. I don't care anything about the future. I know what eternity here no holds. I know what's going to be out there. I know that heaven is a certainty. That the coming back of Jesus is as imminent as tomorrow. Every word of God is to be trusted and, and, and believed. No matter who you are, young or old, trust the word of God. Paul said, I am separated from the horizon, I don't look at things the way they appear. I look to the truth. Things look bad, but I have a hope sealed in glory. I have a King who's the one that rules the throne, and He says all things in Him are yea and amen, every single promise. So hope. So the world can look bad. The bl- the the next day may look dark, but I trust in a God who's already given the edict that all things are in his hand. My great grandmother came only to live with us in Detroit for a year. And she lived in Flint, which is north of us, uh, about 90 miles. And her daughter tells me that she had a, a little garden in the front yard And every day she would work her garden. She was hard of hearing, and she would work her garden. And she uh, was out one day in her long, flowing uh, dress, hoeing the garden. And um, her daughter was, I'm sorry, her daughter-in-law was in the house, a little shotgun house, and she was pregnant about eight months. And uh, she looked off in the corner, and the sky was black. It was was ridiculously black. And uh, she could tell by the way the clouds were swirling, a twister was coming. And um, it was coming toward my grandmother. Houses were beginning to be torn apart right in the swath of where she was, right in that front yard. And her daughter-in-law ran to the door to try to yell at her to make her come in, but the door was sucked in by by the vacuum of the cyclone. And she banged on the window and banged on the door. And mama, 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 come in. And that old woman was just hoeing the ground. And that wind was kicking up, and her dress was flying in the wind. And the cyclone was getting closer to the house and right to the front yard. And just as it touched their land, my great grandmother turned toward the cyclone, pointed her finger, and said, Right on, King Jesus! King Jesus, right on. And that cyclone got up and kept going and went on the neighbor's property. Destroyed their house. She was fine. She kept doing her home. We live our lives apart from the horizon. If you look hard enough, you can testify to the fact that God has blessed you miraculously. He's done something for you and for your family that only he can do. He's answered prayers that everybody else has given up on. He has said to you, death behave and death behave. So many times, God has kept his word in the most miraculous of situations. Why? Because our destiny is sealed in eternity. God has already decided, saints, who is his and what he's gonna do with you. Your eternity is specked out already. It's already determined by him. All you have to do is trust him, trust him, pray in honor of him, trust him. I was telling Tom and Tony about a preacher, brother uh, John Phillip, who was an Indian brother uh, one of the teachers in our church, and he had amazing testimonies, and he had a, a gospel program on the radio, and he had set up a studio, a small studio, in our one of our rooms, our classrooms in the church, and I was there one Friday night, and I had determined that I was going to give him an offering for the radio program. And I said, Brother Philip, how much money do you need for your radio program? And I was all excited because I knew I was going to give it to him. I was about 22 years old. And he looked at me and he said, well, I have to pay for the new contract tomorrow at noon. I said, how much do you have to pay? He said, $10,000. My $100 seemed very, very insignificant at that point. And I said, uh, well, how are you going to pay that? He said, it's not my program. So I don't worry about paying it. It's his program. If he wants to keep it on the air, we'll get the money. I said, wow, that's that's great faith, Brother Phillips. He said, that's the way I live my life. Needless to say, he got $10,000 before noon the next day. What is his is his. I am his, and I have to follow his voice. Saints, don't be overwhelmed by the current situation. The current crisis that we're in is only to wake us up and to trust more in him. To know that he's going to keep his word. And I pray that you have accepted the call to be God's servant. Sent for his purpose, chosen for your generation. For one thing and one thing only. To show forth his praises. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We pray, O oh Lord, that in this hour, during this time we forget about the things that the world is interested in and hear only your voice. And let us be wise, Lord, to to heed to your call and heed to your edict about, about being instant in season and out of season. Let your name be glorified in all that we do. In Christ Jesus' name we pray and ask. Amen.